How do we have resiliency in the midst of all the chaos going on around us? Well, that's something we're going to talk about today on the Sandra Hartstone Show. Thanks for joining me. You know, millions of us have endured almost three years of grief and anxiety, isolation, really just rolling trauma. Some of us are going to recover uneventfully, but for others, the quiet moments after the adrenaline fades and the normalcy resumes may be unexpectedly punishing. When we finally get a chance to exhale, our breaths may emerge as sighs. You know, people put their heads down and they do what they have to do. Laura Lipsky, who's the founder and director of the Trauma Stewardship Institute, said, people put their heads down and do what they have to do, but suddenly when there's an opening, all these feelings come up. And as hard as the initial trauma is, she says, it's the aftermath that destroys people. You know, these lockdowns and the isolation, the hiding behind masks, the deaths, the suffering, the uncertainty about future. I, I mean, I know like in this last year, my husband and I have had six friends or family members die. And unfortunately, most of them have been by suicide. And I'm talking about the people dying are like in their 40s, 50s, young people, some, some even younger than that. And, you know, I just want to point out that experts tell us that this lockdowns and isolation and suffering and all, this is the same torment that terrorist regimes use to break down their prisoners. I mean, this is intense stuff. And, you know, that we talk about the greatest generation from back in the, in the 40s during World War II and you know, some are calling the generation we're in now the comfort generation. We haven't lived through the Depression. We didn't live through World War I and World War II and the Korean War. I mean, there's so much past generations had to go through. And while we are going through something different, for many years, we've had it pretty easy. And I know that for me, it's like, it's like my resilient muscle has really gotten flabby. Because, you know, we demand relief. We demand relief. Like, and how we how we shepherd this longing to be normal, it's it's crucial to our identity and to the true life of our heart and how we listen to it, but also guide it in the right or wrong directions. This is going to determine our fate. And I got to tell you, the enemy of our soul, Satan, he's out after our spirit and our soul and I might add our fate. This Prince of Darkness has engineered the situation to do serious harm to the human heart. And I believe he has set us up for a sweeping loss of faith. You know, resilience can evaporate in a moment. And it's happening to so many people in our country. We are hearing of this sweeping, falling away of the faith. On the one hand, I see People who have never known Jesus are racing to the cross. They're getting saved or following Jesus by large numbers because they're fearful and they're looking for relief and they don't know him and they're finding it. But for people that feel like they have known him, they're not getting the prayers answered the way they want them and they're not feeling it. So they're going, eh, they're kind of having enough of God. And you know, it, it can happen to anybody. That's why we have to stay on guard and we have to be ready. I want you to ask yourself, where are you operating at right now? Let's say before COVID, you were operating at 80, 90, even 100%. I mean, I was. I mean, I was full guns, 100%. And then the last almost three years have worn me down. I've gotten tired. And for the first time in my life, I thought, man, I can't do this anymore. You know why? 
because my reserve was getting really low. So I have to ask myself now, okay, if my 100 went down to say, oh my gosh, guys, it, it, it was down to 30 or 40. I had to look at what's my reserves. What if another COVID comes? What if another Hurricane Harvey comes in my area? What are we going to do? Am I going to make it? It got so bad that at the beginning of the summer, I told the Lord, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I have to quit. I knew I couldn't quit, but I wanted to quit. And I started to think, man, I'm feeling my age. I just don't have the energy. And I'm a very passionate person. I, uh, my passion is the fuel in my tank. If I don't have passion, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to operate. More on that in a minute. Let me continue with what I was talking about. Trauma sensitizes us to more trauma and it brings to the surface past trauma. But you know what? We don't get used to it. Each new crisis just simply piles on the stress and we long for life to be good again while the battleground for our heart is fighting. I want life to be good again. We have to shepherd this longing this longing that we have. And if, if we shepherd it at all, it's going to determine our fate in this life and in the life to come. What we have to do, y'all, is tap into the river of life. We have to love God in our longing for life to be good again. And despite what the world is sh shouting at us, it's the story of God that is still the story of the world. We are bombarded every day. I get texts. The news, everything every day tells me another thing, another thing. It's like, it's like some days I feel like I'm climbing. I'm trying to climb and I got somebody pulling on my feet, pulling me down. So much trauma, so many things going wrong, so many fears, so, so much evil. But despite what all of this is shouting at me, I have to remember that God's story is still the story of the world. If you'll recall, Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, the day Christ returns, will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, the New Life version says it this way, for the Lord will not come again until many people turn away from God. Ouch, ouch. It didn't say people won't ex accept him in the first place. It means people that have said they know him are falling away. Guys, that could be anybody. The deceiver is rotten. He's tough. He's out to get us. He's out to break us. He's out to get us to fall away. The pandemic revealed many things about us and our world. And I got to tell you, I don't like a lot of what it uncovered including the fact that we're not as resilient as we thought we were when things were going smoothly. Falling away is indeed sweeping the earth. But you know, you got to look at it this way. We've got advance warning. When you look at the scripture and you see what's going on, it's really hard not to believe we've entered the era of the end times. Now, whether the end times is 20 minutes, three weeks, 20 years, or 200 years, I don't know. But however you look at it, we clearly are entering into that phase. We are entering into the kingdom age. And the kingdom age is what Jesus came for on earth, was to return us to kingdom thinking. 
And I talked more about that in, in uh, my earlier podcast called Kingdom of Heaven versus Religion, if you want to hear more on that. But the falling away gets in the air like poison. It just, it gains a social momentum and we're social creatures and we can't get swept up in this. We can't get swept up in this without a conscious decision on our part. The pandemic put us all in this heightened state of longing for life to be good again. Do you remember hearing about all the people that like remodeled their house? It was like three quarters of all homeowners in the country or, and then when they finally opened things up, you couldn't find a, a spot in a, in a park or a campground. Everybody was desperate desperate to get out and to find that good again, to find that normal way I do. I find myself daydreaming a lot about when I was a child or when my kids were little, when things were easier and things weren't so scary. And I didn't feel like someone was trying to ruin my country. You know, we, we all rushed out to make that happen in some way, shape or form, but you know, it's all disappointments because when we return, the world is still full of tension and fear. I was telling you earlier about how I, I just this summer, I got so burnt out and I couldn't find that deep place inside of me where I had deep communion with God and could feel him and hear from him. And it was scaring me. And I got a call that I needed to go to Africa. And I said, I, I can't go to Africa. I'm done. I can't, I just can't go to Africa. And I went to bed and the next morning I woke up and I said, oh, who are you kidding? I've got to go to Africa. I love Africa. I have a heart for Africa, but I was going to a third world country and I was there for three weeks. And when I came back, I felt refreshed. What? And I've done a lot of thinking about that. How could I go to a third world country with none of the modern conveniences that we have and feel refreshed? You know what it was? It's because I left America where there is this umbrella covering us, just dripping in anxiety and fear, fear of the future, fear of what we might lose. And oh my gosh, what kind of country are we leaving to my children and my grandchildren and on and on. You see, I walked away from that for three weeks where I got no news updates, no text about stuff that was going on. I had a three week break and oh my gosh, was I refreshed. I came home. I was tempted to go back to work, but a wise friend said, don't do it. Take some more time. So I took another month off and I went and sat in the mountains of Colorado and just really started communing with God again and feeling him again. Because, you know, dilution, disillusionment, which was really what I was experiencing, sets us up for a serious loss of heart. And we start to give up on God because we feel he hasn't come through. And this is exactly what the enemy has planned all along. The guys, this is our moment and Jesus offers us the strength. So we've got to seize it now with both hands while we still can. And it begins with a choice. I want to read something now from Daniel. I mean, Daniel was one of those great guys who had some awesome stories that I loved reading about. And this is Daniel 10, verse 17 through 19. Daniel says, for how can the servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord, talking about himself? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Well, that's kind of the way some of us have been feeling now, right? Like we're out of gas. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. 
be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. You see, it starts with being single-hearted. We are single-hearted when we cherish God above everything else. We have to love him in the longing for relief, which is where we are vulnerable. We love him in the longing for life to be good again. Scripture promises that God will come to the help of those who are single-hearted. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, he says, The eyes of the Lord search for the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God gives a strength that prevails to those whose hearts are fully given over him to him. That's why it's so important to stay single-hearted. Now, you notice that before offering the strength that prevails, Jesus urged us to turn from the things that don't seem to offer life but wear us down. He said, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap. That's actually in Luke 21, verse 34 and 35. As we turn our hearts toward Jesus or our Father or Holy Spirit, you know, they're all one. We practice loving him. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. And it's not feeling love. The warfare and the weariness is often going to make us feel kind of blank. It's a choice. We choose to love God always. You know, this weekend I had to drive. I had an hour and a half drive somewhere. And I put on the song, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I exalt you. And I put it on in that same song played over and over for an hour and a half. Because I have to retrain my mind. And when I start speculating about, oh, what's going to go on? I get drained. You know, when I think, oh, no, what kind of world am I leaving for my grandchildren to inherit? That's speculation. And it's draining. And Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 34, stop worrying about tomorrow. You got all you can do. Take care of today. Don't worry about it. We've got to have the strength from Jesus. It's this strength that prevails. It's, it gives us this first step of courage to stand and be single-hearted. Over and over again, we practice loving God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And he helps us overcome and prevail and gives us conquering strength. God offers it. So we've got to ask, ask, ask. Who we are and what we love and how far we're willing to trust God are revealed when we are truly hard-pressed. And when Jesus said things like, don't be alarmed, don't let your heart be troubled, see that your hearts are not weighed down, he's making an assumption that we're going to play an active role in protecting our own hearts. You know, it's we who choose not to allow our hearts to be overtaken by fear or sorrow. We choose. And it is in our power to choose what we give our hearts over to. The rich experience of having God come for us, speak to us, and move on our behalf can lead us to believe that it's all up to him. But this is not the case. I'm going to tell you, I waited for two years. I kept saying, God, fix my heart. I just, I can't find you. I can't see you. And I wanted the easy way out. And you know what? I finally realized I had to bury in. I had to drill down. I had to seek him with all my heart. I had to wait for him. I had to dig down deep to find that deep place of intimacy with him that I had. And the minute I did, it changed everything. It changed everything. We have an inmost being. Now, you know, athletes, 
work out really hard, but if they do not give themselves time to recover, they'll get injured again and maybe out of the game. We have to recover. We have to recover from all of this trauma we've been through. And we find that recovery and that deep inmost being. We just stop. Let's do like the Jewish people did in the Bible. Let's stop three times a day and just wait for him. Just listen for him. There's an app I have on my phone. It's called Pause. And it has little pause marks like you see on a video player. Pause. It'll go off three times a day, morning, noon, and night, and remind me to take one minute or two minutes or three minutes or five, whatever I need, just to hear some scripture, to hear some music, close my eyes, deep breathe, think about the Lord. Do it. It'll help you, I promise. It's, it's, it's taking captive these thoughts. It's doing what we need to do. Psalm, 20, Psalm 73, 26 says, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Guys, that's awesome. That's life-changing to experience God as the strength of our heart. How about if we look at Psalm 23? Psalm 23, everybody knows that one. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Jesus is still in charge. He's still deeply involved in my life and my world. He's guiding me. He's leading me. He's providing me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. God restores our weary heart. He gives us resilience if we follow him. He guides us along the right path for his namesake. Listen, don't get baited into all this social drama. Let God lead you each and every day. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah, we're in a dark time. Social media tells me, news clips tell me, texts tell me every day, all day. What a dark, dark time we're in. But God is still in charge. God is still protecting me and he's comforting me. I'm not navigating us on my own and neither are you. He prepares the table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil, our cup overflows. God has a feast of goodness for us. Even in rough times, he fills our famished craving. Surely goodness and love will follow us all the days of our life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our reality is not determined by pandemics, by politics, by the upcoming election, by mask mandates, by COVID shots. It's not. We live in God. We live in God. He has the last say. He has the final word. He prevails. Are you with me? Well, I think you get the point. I just want to encourage you to drill down deep. Find that place in Christ. Close your eyes right now. Take a deep breath. Oh, Holy Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know how beat up and traumatized so many of us feel. We are in tough times, as you well know. Lord, we want to say that we choose you. No matter what, we choose you. We love you no matter what. And we are going to focus our prayers on what you want. 
Lord, we will seek you. We will ask you, lead us, Holy Spirit, in how to pray. Father, I ask today for those listening that you will calm our hearts. You will pour out your peace that passes all understanding that you promise in your word. Lord, help us. Help us to draw into you. Help us to find that deep place of intimacy with you. Holy Spirit, you are our guide. We ask you to teach us how to pray. Teach us how to find that deep place of intimacy with the Father. Teach us. Lead us. Comfort us. Guide us. Teach us how to block out the world screaming and yelling at us to have fear. Teach us, Lord, to have ears for you, just ears for you. Open our eyes to see you everywhere. Open up our ears to hear you more clearly. And in your word, you say, anyone that lacks wisdom, ask for it. We are asking for wisdom to navigate these times. We want to be brave, courageous, fearless soldiers for you. We are your kings and priests. And we want to be these brave, courageous kings and priests on the earth for you in this hour. Thank you, Lord, for your guidance, your love, your security your protection, and mostly that intimacy with you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining me, everybody. I hope this gives you something to think about, and I I hope it helps you like it's helped me, because believe me, I'm, I'm struggling more than anybody. We're all in this together. So let's love one another, let's support one another, and let's not ever stop loving God are losing our faith eternity our eternity depends upon it bless you i'll see you next time